What's up, everyone? Welcome into episode number 225, where I will talk about Michigan State getting their first road win of the year against Maryland. We'll also talk about Michigan getting blown out by 32 points last night against Purdue. And then lastly, I'll talk about the Lions' big win over the Tampa Bay Bucks to advance to the NFC Championship and what that means for not only the team, the state, the city, but what that also means to Dan Campbell and the players. But let's get started out with the game between Michigan State and Maryland. This was a pretty important game for Michigan State. They had not won a road game all year long. They were going into a Maryland's arena that has played much better recently. Again, not a great shooting team in Maryland like I talked about before the game. In this game, they actually shot the ball pretty well, especially from three. I think that had a lot to do with because of their open threes that they had throughout the game. I think a lot of that had to do with how Michigan State played defensively, and that was because they were really focusing on Jameer Young. He's the main playmaker on that team. Michigan State did a very good job on him for the most part, especially towards the end of the game. We'll talk about Trey Howman and his difference in this game and how Trey Howman has been great throughout this year and was huge in this game against Maryland. But let's talk about kind of Michigan State's two different halves. So the first half, Michigan State offensively was absolutely spectacular. Scored over 40 points, was hitting the open shots. Trey Hallman, I believe, hit three or four three-point shots in the first half. Tyson Walker was doing a great job finding the open man, hitting his shots when he needed to. Michigan State was getting contributions from Almost everyone offensively, maybe outside of the center position, but offensively, this was one of the best offensive halves that Michigan State has had all year. They did a really good job of distributing the ball, hitting their open shots, offensive rebounding as well. Defensively, I thought Michigan State did fantastic as well. They really were able to cause Maryland issues all over the court. They also were able to actually get out and run. There were several times in this game, especially in that first half, that Maryland made a bucket, maybe even made a three-point shot, but Michigan State quickly rebounded and then either led to an open three from Tyson Walker, that's one example, or led to a layup as well, which if you're this Michigan State team, that's one of the ways that you're going to be able to score quite a few points. If you can get out and rebound and run. That's one thing that this team, when they've done consistently well, they've been able to put up points. And that's one thing that Michigan State's going to have to continue to do. And they're also going to have to continue to be very good on going on runs, especially 10-0 runs. They haven't given up very many 10-0 runs to the other team. I believe Maryland was close. They might have went 6-0-8-0 run, um, especially in that second half. Um, in that second half, though, Michigan State offensively did not look very good. They were not hitting their shots. They weren't taking good shots either. There was about a five to six minute time window where Michigan State did not honestly take a good shot at all, to be completely honest with you. Um, it ended up being a like two or four point game at the 16 minute timeout. And going into half, Michigan State was up by double digits. I believe they're up by like 12 or 13 points going into a half. So it really seems like Michigan State, at least this year in the last couple of years, Michigan State really liked to give up that big run 
in that second half, and they did exactly that. They were holding off Maryland for a little while until it was about a tie game with about eight minutes left to go. Uh, and then Maryland had Jameer hit, Jameer Young hit a three that put them up three. Michigan State responds with a two. Doesn't really get any further apart than that. Michigan State ends up getting the win 61 to 59. They end up winning by two in this game. A lot of that had to do with a couple of big shots that AJ Hogarth and a huge three by Tyson Walker towards the end of this game that really allowed them to win this game. Jameer Young did respond, but with a long two, it would have been, I think, pretty different if Jameer Young would have hit that three. I think they would have had a really good opportunity to win this game, Maryland, if they would have had that three, but his toe was barely on the line. Long two. Tyson Walker got a pretty great shot attempt with about eight seconds left. A little bit long. Jameer Young ends up taking it down the court, and this is where Trey Howman has really kind of started to step up his game in. I think this is kind of the role that I think a lot of people thought Jane Aikens would play, but Trey Howman has been great defensively. Also, Jane Aikens has been great defensively, but Trey Howman's been hitting his shots. He's really kind of evolved into a really good player. I think that is not only great for this team, but also kind of helps fans look for the future as well because outside of this year, you're not going to have Tyson Walker, you might not have A.J. Hogard, and you also have Jeremy Fears that hasn't played the last couple of weeks, month, and might not play the rest of the season because he was shot in the leg. Like, you have to, outside of this year, if you don't have A.J. Hogard, you have to have a player step up, and Trey Holloman has done exactly that. He's hit his shots. When he's hot, he's really good at hitting his three ball. Sometimes he gets a little cold, especially on the road. On the road, has been a little tough for Trey Holloman. He hasn't been consistent on the road. He's been a lot better at home. But this was one of those games that Trey Holloman really stepped up and actually forced the turnover that clinched the game from Michigan State. If you actually look at the pitcher, they actually... Maryland actually has a wide open guy at the corner of three on the opposite side. You really can see how much Michigan State really focused on Jameer Young in this game from that picture. They literally had like three or four guys around him in the last second because they, of course, kind of knew that he was going to take that shot. But big play by Trey Howellman. Jayden Aikens, again, offensively wasn't really there. Um, That's kind of been a little bit... Of a concern defensively, he's been great. Malik Hall again had a good performance as well. Tyson Walker, you got your fifteen points from him. AJ Hogard, this wasn't one of his best performances, but I feel like you're starting to kind of get to a point now, especially with AJ Hogard, that even if his best performances, he's still not doing nothing like his. Worst performances, like he's still a player that can keep you in the game. He's going to score a decent amount of points. He's not really turnover, turning the ball over a ton, which is great. But this wasn't one of his better performances, but Michigan State escaped. They won their first road game of the year. They needed this win. It actually helped them in the Big Ten standings quite a bit as well. And they're going to be playing Wisconsin later this week, which is a Really big opportunity, and we'll talk about that preview 
later this week, probably. Maybe Friday or Saturday. I might even talk a little bit about that, actually, right now. I thought I think this Wisconsin game is going to be another big opportunity for Michigan State. Wisconsin came into Breslin Center and ends up beating Michigan State by double digits. Malik Hall didn't really have a great game. He was sick that game. I thought the starting lineup wasn't great. You had Carson Cooper and Maisie Soko in the starting lineup. I would be shocked if that happens again. I think Michigan State's going to have to do a better job of guarding the three-point shots. I think Michigan State has a good opportunity to go into the Cole Center and get a win. And if you do, you have momentum going forward and going into the Michigan game next week. But let's go over to the other team in the state of Michigan, and that is... The Michigan Wolverines, they end up losing to Purdue at Purdue by 32 points. Honestly, didn't really get to watch the game because, again, don't really have Peacock. But I think kind of the score and people's reaction kind of shows you everything you really need to know about this game. This was a game that Michigan wasn't prepared for. Michigan did not play well at all. They had to play this game without, of course, Doug McDaniel. That going into Purdue without Doug McDaniels is a large task to even ask for. I think a lot of people asked to be a lot more competitive. It didn't seem like this was really even that competitive a game. I believe Purdue was up about 24 points at half, and Zach Eden only had like six points at the time. This just isn't a great Michigan team. And I think Michigan fans can honestly... Say, say that and agree with that. And maybe they're saying I'm being too nice with be saying that. Just because there's been a lot of controversy going around with this Michigan team. You have, of course, Doug McDaniel had the incident earlier this year as well. I think a lot of fans are kind of starting to lose faith, if not have already lost faith in Juwan Howard. It's just kind of interesting and a little sad to see how the Michigan basketball program has extremely struggled these last couple of years. And I don't think it's because of a talent issue. I honestly think Michigan has talent on this team. You have Olivia Incamo. You have Doug McDaniels. You have Chet, Will Cheddar. I think Will Cheddar is actually pretty decent, pretty good when he's in his shot. You have Namari Burnett is good as well. You have talent on this team. And you also have Terrace Reed. I think Terrace Reed is decent. I think defensively, he's good. I think offensively, you've seen flashes of him. I don't think there's a ton of depth on this team, but I think this Michigan team does have talent. They should be a lot more competitive than they actually are. And I think this is just because I don't know if they're interested anymore, to be completely honest with you. It just seems like they're not really trying. They're not boxing out. They're... It's just Michigan's just in a position right now that is a whole new direction needs to come if you're a Michigan fan. I don't know if Juwan Howard will be fired. I don't know what will happen after the year. He he will make it through the rest of this year. I can promise you that. Like I don't have like any inside information, but Juwan Howard's not gonna be fired. If it gets worse Maybe if they continue to get blown out, maybe he gets fired before the end of the year. But I would be shocked if that happens. This Michigan basketball team is just completely different than it was under the John Beeline era. And 
Nick Sauskis, former Michigan player during that Beeline era years, great Michigan player. In fact, he even said and like he even commented on an Instagram post of the final score of that game against Purdue, and he's like, I don't think these players really care or know what it means to wear that M. It's been a little while since you can maybe argue that, like, you can maybe think Hunter Dickinson maybe did, but it's been three or four years. Like, you think of the Wagner brothers. You think of Eli Brooks. You think of Nick Sauskis, Trey Burke. Like, it's been a long time since they've kind of had those guys seem like they're fully bought in. And maybe that's being a little harsh. Maybe you disagree with that, but it's been two years at this point. Michigan struggled last year. Michigan struggling right now. Michigan State, to its level, hasn't been there either. Like, I'm not saying they're at Michigan's level, but at least according to, like, what's kind of the expectations, Michigan State hasn't been up there either. It's been kind of a few down years for the same Michigan basketball but it's just change needs to happen for Michigan. And I think either it's going to happen or fans are not going to continue to care about this basketball team. And there's probably a lot of people out there right now that really don't care very much and won't care under Juwan Howard. And as long as that football team is really good, is Michigan going to kind of go back to where it was before the beeline days? We'll have to see at that time. Point, but yeah, Michigan loses pretty handily to Purdue, and it's just unfortunate to say the least. But um, let's go on to a happier topic. Let's go on to the Lions. Lions win against the Tampa Bay Bucks. What a game! What a performance! What a crowd like they set the record again 134 decibels the crowd was absolutely crazy atmosphere was electric all night long Jared Goff was spectacular in this game offensive line was great Jameer Gibbs was fantastic as well had a big about 30 yard touchdown run towards the end of this game when it was getting pretty close this was a game that the Lions had kind of had for throughout the majority of this game, but they went into a halftime tie, which I think a lot of people was kind of shocked by, especially because Tampa scored a touchdown in about 40, 30, 40 seconds before the end of the half. So a lot of people were surprised by that. Tampa got the ball back, didn't really score, and then the offense did enough that they needed to, to do. Jordan Jackson did get hurt in this game. He's not going to play in the NFC Championship game, which is going to be a huge loss for this team. So so the Lions are going to have to figure out exactly what they're going to do there. But defense stepped up big time. Aaron Glenn, a guy that's had a lot of people critiquing him. And earlier this year, I think you could argue that. I think there's a lot of people that were kind of turning on Aaron Glenn these last couple of games, he's been spectacular. Like, he's had his defense playing great there, playing a 
pretty good bend but don't break defense. I think that's kind of what their defense is. But when they need the big play, they've gotten it for the most part. Aaron Glenn has done a great job of timing his pressures. Lions have had a decent amount of sacks, especially at kind of like that safety nickel position. You have Malfano has had at least, I believe, a sack the last couple of games. You also have Derek Barnes getting his first interception of his career, the game-winning interception game, more like game-clinching interception. Spectacular play. He's an example of kind of the player that the Lions are looking for. Like a player that struggled his rookie year mightily. Like he wasn't great his rookie year. And now he's making the game-clinching interception. It's awesome to see. You also had kind of the ending. There was a little bit of controversy towards the ending. You had Ty Bowles actually had one more timeout with about 38 seconds left. Doesn't take that timeout. Let's the clock run out. It's about a 49-yard field goal. And the Lions are only up at 8 at this point. I'm kind of surprised he doesn't take that timeout. But after the game, he did say that he kind of see, seen that the game was kind of out of range at that point. But I would have still forced the Lions to take that field goal, but he did not. Lions get the win. They're going on to the NFC Championship, which I think a lot of people did not expect to see this year and also didn't expect to see three years ago when Dan Campbell was hired. And this is where I want to kind of talk about Dan Campbell and something that he said last week, especially to Jared Goff in that lack room, something that I thought was really cool. When he gave Jared Goff the game ball, he said, Jared Goff, you're good enough for Detroit. And I saw a post, and I think this is true as well. Someone, especially after this game, made the point that Dan Campbell, you're good enough for the city of Detroit. Dan Campbell, you're good enough for the Detroit Lions. And I think that's something that isn't talked about enough because when Dan Campbell was hired three years ago, there were so many people that were making fun of the hire. There were so many people that think... He wasn't going to be a great coach. He was talking about kneecaps in his introductory conference. There are so many people saying that the Lions made the wrong move. Now, three years later, the Lions are going to be in the NFC Championship with Dan Campbell, with Brad Holmes, with a culture solidified of playing hard, hitting hard, buying into what they want to do. They have Aaron Glenn has been great defensively. Ben Johnson's been great offensively. He's called big play after big play. Now, there's there's arguments from people that say Ben Johnson hasn't been as great recently, but he's made the right plays, and he's put Jared Goff in a position to thrive. Jared Goff has done a fantastic job, especially in the fourth quarter. I talked about it against the Rams. He was great against the Bucks. He had the game-winning touchdown, perfect fade pass to Amara St. Brown. Couldn't throw it any better. He is playing great. He is playing for an extension. In my opinion, he should absolutely get an extension. Ben Johnson's been great. MCDC has been great. Aaron Glenn's been great. This has been a really fun year. 
this is going to be a year that the Lions fans will always remember. You also have people talking about it and saying that this Lions team, one, they're extremely young. And also, this might just be the opening to kind of like a playoff run, playoff opportunities. And you even saw someone saying that, hey, like, kind of hold off on buying these NFC championship tickets. There's like a possibility that they could go to a playoff, to the Super Bowl. They're one win away from the Super Bowl. And this is also an opening for maybe future runs. One thing I do want to say to that, though, is you never know what will happen. Like, enjoy this moment. Enjoy this run. This is a run that the Lions have not done in so long. And this is just a enjoyable thing to watch. It's an enjoyable thing to talk about. Dan Campbell and this run will always be remembered. And going forward, it doesn't matter exactly what happens. Hopefully they get the win on Sunday. That would be awesome. Imagine the Lions in the Super Bowl. It would be something that no one would imagine, especially going into this year. But this is a really cool opportunity for the Lions on Sunday. And it was coming off of a huge win against the Bucks in front of an amazing fan base. And Lions actually made a move to prepare for Sunday. They actually signed Zach Ertz which is going to be one of those kind of situations that you you look back at and you're like, did he really wear a Lions uniform? Yes, he is. They signed him. He's currently on the practice squad. We'll see if he actually plays in the game because Brack Wright did get hurt. He actually, Brack Wright had a huge catch. It was a very similar catch to the touchdown that he scored against the Jets. I believe it was the same exact play, maybe if not the same exact play, but about the, but if it's not, it's pretty close. He ended up breaking his forearm, which sucks because Brock Wright made a spectacular play, but Zach Ertz is going to be on the practice squad and has a possibility of playing in the NFC Championship. Again, Dan Campbell did say we will see. He is in shape. Uh, We'll see how much and how quickly he learns the playbook, but this is a signing that I really like, and this is a signing that's kind of been hinted at, or people have been kind of calling for it for the last like couple of weeks, maybe even a couple of months. And it finally happens. It would be fun to see him play on Sunday against San Francisco. And a lot of this, at least reports-wise, is that Zach Ertz made this decision to kind of go for another ring. And... Saying that as a Lions fan, I don't think anyone would expect to be hearing that the Detroit Lions are signing veterans that have had great careers for a chance to go get a ring. And Zach Ertz is one of them. And you also have Gardner Johnson that said he's here to compete for a ring. And he made a play in this game against the Bucks interception and flipped the ball rates to... Baker Mayfield, after Baker Mayfield made some comments about him not watching film. So there's a lot of fun things ahead. And I'll talk a little bit more about the game on Sunday later this week. But just a great win, great story, and hopefully it doesn't end. But it's been a great journey so far. This Lions team has made so many memories for this fan base And they have one more opportunity. They have one more game, and they have a chance to go to the Super Bowl. But great game by the Lions. Big win for Michigan State. And we got Michigan State 
and Michigan next week that we'll talk about later this week as well. But that is a wrap to episode number 225. Hope you enjoyed listening to this episode and tune in to later this week when I talk about the Detroit Lions and the 49ers.